yes, you know what time it is. It's time for the three in one podcast. Joining us, he's back from Cleveland, Ohio. It's international, Ian Lamont Morgan. If you miss me, it's because I was missing you too. Hello, America. God, I sound like a terrible pickup line. <laughs> and joining us from Cincinnati, the Nasty Daddy, give it up for Keith Turner Jr. What's up, everybody? Listen, the Penguins won again. The Buckeyes won again. The Youngstown State Penguins even won this weekend. It's all Ooh. good. What's up, everybody? Bobcats also won this weekend. Oh, well, okay. <sighs> Come on, Keith. Nope. Got a rep. No nope. rep. You, you know how Gotta I feel rep. about them. <laughs> And it's your boy from the capital city, Columbus, Ohio. It's Malcolm Morgan. How's everybody doing today? Life is good. Life is good. It's good to have Joe Joe Mixon. Thanks for that in-depth analysis of how everybody's doing today. Well, I mean, you didn't ask for an in-depth analysis, Malcolm, number one. <laughs> it's a podcast. It's a podcast. You shouldn't have to ask. I'll give you one. Uh, <laughs> life's been hard, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there we go. Let's get real up in just here. Just been dealing with a lot of things. Uh, there's an epidemic going on here in Cleveland where we just can't find a competent kicker. I don't know how this is happening. Um, you know, we barely, with prayer, did not end up with the second tie uh, of the season, but I mean, I just I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to give too much on that front, but uh, it's something that we're going through. We're working through it. Uh, there's a process. <laughs> there's 12 steps to this program, but I believe we're gonna get through. Uh, and Ian, to answer your question, it, it 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 was good to have Joe Mixon back in the lineup. Yes, sir, it was. It's, it sucked for my fantasy man because I had Gio Bernard. Shouts out to Gio. Out oh, for two yeah. to four weeks, but uh, nobody cared because yeah. Mixon was back. Oh, yeah. I only picked up GL for a couple weeks and dropped him back. Thank you for your services, sir. Appreciate you. <laughs> well, let's just get right to it. Um, start off with some college football. The big game, one of the big games this weekend was Texas pulling the upset, beating mm. Oklahoma. Mm. It was a thrilling game, I must say, that... Uh, came down to a last-second field goal um, for the win. So, guys, what are your first impressions of this game? This one was a nail-biter. Texas had the early lead, um, and then Oklahoma was able to battle back. But uh, how'd you guys come away feeling after this game? Malcolm, I was actually... uh, Well, not only (laughs) that... been saying that for, like, three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Malcolm, I was actually wanting to hear yours first since, you know, your boys took took their first L, man. I wanted to I wanted to hear how you felt, man. Are you still mourning? You know, how are you feeling? Well, unlike fans of other teams, I keep living. No, I actually had stopped <laughs> watching the game um, in the fourth quarter when they were down by three touchdowns. I had pretty much given up, so I went to go. I forgot what other game was on that I was watching. And then I just happened to turn back by accident because I really did. I thought the game was over. And then all I heard was, Kyler Murray, what a run. <laughs> They're right back in it. I was like, what the heck? And then I called Ian to talk about it. And I guess my game was on like two plays behind them. Yeah. So my sister and Ian are cheering about something that's happened <laughs> that I'm not going to see for two plays. My bad, man. My bad. Yeah, that's what happens, man. Those streams, man. The streams are much slower than, than the regular real TV, man. 
Yo, I thought yeah. he I thought he was ahead of me, so I'm like commenting like, oh, I could, that's a big PI. <laughs> and I'm like, what PI? What are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, oh, the, there's no PI, nothing happened. Um That was flash yeah, that I gave was... me flashbacks. Oh man. <laughs> to the NBA playoffs when you guys ruined games for me. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, about the game. Uh the the Kyler Murray um turnovers hurt, obviously. It, it kind of dug them into big too big of a hole. Obviously, Oklahoma fired the defensive coordinator, yep. which has been long a long time coming. Uh, Mike Stoops largely has been a disappointment in that role. Um, yeah, it just came down to them not able to get any stops against Texas. Texas could do basically whatever they wanted. And then, uh, you know, Kyler Murray picked a costly time to start turning over the football. And then one of them was just, I don't know what he was thinking, putting the ball on the ground to try to brace himself going down. Mm-hmm. I, it was just bizarre. Um, but, um, you know, hats off to Texas. We've been talking about them possibly, uh, being back and, you know, this might be the proof that, uh, America needs to see that Texas is back and for real. Yeah. But enough about me. What did you guys think? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I, uh, as somebody who got most of their preseason predictions wrong, I'm glad to, uh, (laughs) I'm glad to. Ironically, the. Ironically, this preserves my pick, which I had Texas and West Virginia in the Big 12 championship game. You did. You did. Um, I, you know, Texas was one of the ones that I I, I tried to call it. And, uh, you know, whether or not they're back-back, you know, still remains to be seen. I, I, I do. I mean, yeah, I don't really see them stumbling anywhere else down the road from here. But, uh, yeah, man, this is definitely one of the best college football games I watched in a while. Um and and you know the it lived up to the billing, um, you know. I heard there was players that had to leave like the locker room at halftime because it was just so highly emotional. Uh, but it's, it's one of the games you kind of watch college football to see. You know, school pride was on display. Everything was high octane. Um, I was impressed. Uh, you know, like you mentioned, Malcolm Calamari and and some of the turnovers. But uh, got to be impressed with that with that fourth quarter comeback. Three touchdowns, you know, that breakout run was big. Hollywood Brown came up huge. Um, I was super impressed with uh, Ellinger, though, Um, Mm -hmm. especially in the run game. Uh, Three touchdowns, but 19 carries, 72 yards. I mean, that's that's the average running back's numbers. And I, I did not know. That they uh, that they utilize him in the past game quite that much, or I don't know if that was an anomaly, but um, yeah, you know uh, Humphreys is looking like a stud. Just a lot of things to take away, man. Uh, one thing I will mention uh, for the commentators for these college games, uh, Dicker the kicker is not a nickname that we're going yes, we with. Need to let that go. Yeah, let's let's kill it dead right now. <laughs> let that <one> go. <laughs> um, I don't. I understand his name is Dicker, and and you guys y'all are feeling creative, but nah. <laughs> so that was a cringe-worthy moment. But yeah, it was definitely kill, one of those things. I mean, goodness. <laughs> and, and, but, and they say but, it I mean, every game. They say it every game. Oh, see, I'm Texas glad. Could be I'm, up twenty-one points. Dicker the kicker's in the game. See, Dicker, can't do Dicker, it. I can't Dicker do it. the kicker. I can't do it. I can't do it. Right at one point, they just say that just to be obnoxious. Dicker the kicker <laughs> is here. Um, but hey, man, I, um, there, there was a point where I was watching uh, during that comeback, and I said, you know what? It's the clock. 
I said they, mm-hmm. they're really just battling the clock. They're battling the clock. And then when they tied it up and then, uh, you know, Texas had some time and, and they were coming back, I was like, oh, well, maybe it's not the clock. Maybe they actually left too much time on the clock. But then Texas struck, and I was like, "No, no, it, it was the clock. It's, it's the clock. They just, they just didn't have enough time to pull it out." But still, man, vastly entertaining. Um, I didn't look at the rankings. How much? How far did OU drop? Uh, I had to check and see, but I was, I was, I was watching it, and I was like, "Man, if they don't drop that far, I can't blame. I can't be mad at that at all." Because that was, that was a game. They dropped four spots to eleven. Oh, gotcha. Okay. But yeah, enjoyable stuff, man. So shouts out to Texas for pulling it out. Uh, well, I mean, you, yeah, you guys said it all basically. I mean, uh, didn't leave much else for me to say, uh, except that if you know we were in a big studio, I would be like, you know, Malcolm, Mr. Producer, please roll my tape from last week so I can just remind the people. Uh, I mean, they don't have to call me a prophet or anything, but I'm pretty sure uh, I called this one. <laughs> I called this one exactly how I thought it was going to happen, uh, and and that just took place. Um, but no, I, I think um, you know. Uh, I, don't I, was, think, I, was, I don't think we would have pulled up all of the tapes if we start pulling up tapes from people's picks. It's gonna get real quiet up in here. Uh, not, not not all of them, but you know, I don't know, Malcolm. If we if we were to keep, we should keep record of our of our uh, of our picks. That would be fun oh, to see. Yeah. Um. But anyways, that would be. I wish I wish we had an editor that could do that. <laughs> you you got it, Malcolm. You the man. Um, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, my, Malcolm. Like I talked about last week, man. My concern with Oklahoma was that you know. They didn't have, you know, the caliber defenses and, and teams that Texas played already. Um, mm-hmm. I thought Texas, you know, was was definitely more battle tested. Um, Oklahoma still put up a great game. Kyler Murray is still ridiculous. I think my concern for Oklahoma going forward is that they need to get Trey Sermon, you know, more, you know, touches to where he can be more consistent. Um, like he I think he had he may have had like 70 or so yards, but. When your cor- yeah, when your quarterback is the leading rusher and leading passer, I just don't think that's a healthy recipe for success hmm. um, anymore, at least. Um, so you know, uh, I didn't get to watch. Unless, in- What's up? Unless your Nick fits a Fitzpatrick from uh, Mississippi <laughs> State. Uh, yeah, I mean, hey, you know, we'll, we'll see how far that gets them. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, I I, I didn't. Like I said, didn't watch any of this game. I just looked at all the stats and everything. Um, looked like they they got Keontae Ingram more of the ball than than uh, they did Trey Watson, which was interesting uh, to me because, like I said, I, I thought it would be the the battle of the trades. But um, huge third quarter for Texas. Um, you know, twenty one seven. You know, gave them enough to where even though Oklahoma had their fourth quarter comeback. Uh, they just did not have enough. Uh, and like you said, Malcolm, the three turnovers were huge. So huge win for Texas. I do think they're back. Shout out to Tom Herman. Uh, got his great, great experience at none other than the Ohio State University. So uh, oh, shout God. out to Y'all can't take credit for Tom Herman. <laughs> he, spent a, he spent a couple years there. Let's not. Okay. Leave, him, right, leave us alone. Leave us alone. Don't, don't. Uh, <laughs> got to sign out the lit Knicks. Once a Nick, always a Nick. We ain't, we ain't doing that. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, hey, if he went to another team, would he have been at Texas doing what he's doing? Who knows? Um, <laughs> just saying. Um, but no, it was a great win for Texas. And I'm excited about the rest of their um, – the rest of their their season, honestly. 
Yeah, Texas got a lot left on the schedule, though. They got to uh, host West Virginia, who's the top 10 team. Circling um, that game, for still, sure. Absolutely. And then Texas Tech, uh, they go to Texas Tech. That's another rough um, rivalry, in-state rivalry. So um, hopefully they can keep their head up. I mean, but the, the big thing is that inexplicable loss to Maryland. I mean, they'd be in a great spot. Um, if they could figure out how to beat Maryland during the yep. regular season. But yep. but we shall see. The other big game was Texas. They played, or not Texas, Florida playing host to LSU. Um, and they upset the Tigers um, in Gainesville. Um, the big statement win that Dan Mullen needed in his yeah. early um, tenure. What are you guys' impressions of this game and of Florida so far? Um. Florida looked good. Um, I mean, their quarterback <clears throat> quarterback play is not spectacular, um, but their defense looks very good. Uh, I mean, you know, forced Joe Burrow, you know, to have three turnovers, which, of course, he wasn't looking extremely great uh, to begin with. He was doing just enough to get them wins, mm-hmm. uh, and this is the first game that it really cost him that he wasn't making some throws or that he threw two picks. Uh, and lost the fumble. So, <clears throat> uh, you know, uh, I think the commentators was talking about Joe Burrow. He was talking about how, you know, he would love to play Ohio State in the in the Final Four. Look, Joe Burrow needs to focus on winning SEC games right now <laughs> versus trying to look forward to, talk, you know, worried, being worried about Ohio State, first of all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, five sacks uh, versus LSU's none, which really surprised me. Um I like this Florida team. You know, I'd like to see Franks be a little bit uh, more consistent. <clears throat> but um, but in the end, like, Dan Mullen is definitely turning that program around. And uh, I really like what that defense is doing uh, thus far. So, good win. Very good win. Definitely, man. It was it was a really good physical ball game. Um, you know, Keith already mentioned the, the five sacks. That was really the thing I noticed is that it seemed like the pocket was collapsing and uh, Burrow, mm-hmm. Burrow was on the run a lot, uh, but you give Florida's defense credit for holding LSU, um, especially in the fourth quarter. It looked like uh, 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 what's the running back? Nick Brissett looked like he was uh, really yeah. starting to build some uh, build some traction. Had a couple big runs, but um, you know LSU went up up nineteen fourteen, and they went for that two point conversion and didn't get it, and that that turned out to be. Um, at least big strategically, because um, mm-hmm. because uh, then you know uh, Florida comes back and they score and they go for two and they don't get it either. But um, or is that yeah? Uh, so that that, that put them up twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> yeah, Felipe Franks. I mean, he he had you know he had a couple hits where I, I really thought he was gonna be out the ball game. There was yeah. one particularly. I was like, yeah, he just broke his life. But somehow, <laughs> somehow he still hung in there, had some big throws, and um, you know some guys even dropped some of those passes. But he he was accurate um, and putting his team in position to uh, to make some big plays. And so, yeah, it was a it was it was a tough, gritty football game. But hey, shouts out to Florida. Yeah, I was a uh, Vashawn Joseph, number eleven for Florida, had a huge game. Um, 14 tackles, three and a half for loss, for loss, and two sacks. Um, just a part of that potent pass rush yeah. that uh, 
Florida was able to put together. And, you know, while we're tooting each other's horns, I did predict that the team that was able to put points on the board with the defense would win. And the clinching touchdown was an interception um, from Florida. Well, so, three claps for it. Uh, Drop it. Just saying, <laughs> while, while we doing it, you know. Um, but, yeah, I was I came away really impressed with, with Florida's defense. Um, their offense is doing just enough. Whereas in previous years, this would have been a game that um, the defense would have held it together and then lost it at the end just because the offense couldn't do enough. The offense was able to get just enough scoring. Yep. Um, they have they have playmakers and they're figuring out how to use them and uh, I think as the season goes on I think you'll see a much more comfortable Felipe Franks. Um, it's unfortunate that they they couldn't figure this out against Kentucky or they'd be in a really good position in the SEC East. Yep. Um, even with some tough games um, coming ahead, but defensively they did it. Joe Burrow um, once again just some tough turnovers um, and I and honestly I was surprised that the um, the LSU secondary didn't really step up, right? Um, right. In a big way in this, they game. had some opportunities been good too. all year long. Absolutely, um, and this is what this is probably the best secondary in the country, and they just couldn't um, couldn't pull it off. But um, you know, Florida's a team that is on the rise. Yep. Um, I'm really I'm circling the calendar for that Florida Georgia game that is probably going to decide the SEC East. Um, but it'll be really interesting to see if they continue to get better. I mean, are you guys? Do you guys believe in this Florida team? Do you think this LSU team is out of it, or do you think they still got to have a shot to get in uh, back in the race? Well, um, we'll, we'll find I, out I, really soon, won't we? <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably believe more in Florida, um, just a little bit more because I mean, Joe Burrow is just a little too shaky um, for for my liking, honestly. Um, and I forgot to mention that I do really like Jordan Scarlett, uh, Florida's mm. running back. Uh, he's a big physical back. Uh, I remember watching him in South Florida when I was down there doing my internship. He was one of the uh, what they call Super 11 uh, guys in uh, in uh, South Florida. So I was watching him in high school like, man, this kid is a baller. And to see him now, you know, doing what he's doing. Um, yeah, so I believe in Dan Mullen. Um Ed Orgeron, I don't know. Um, you know, he's got a good defense, but again, if the offense isn't able to put up enough points, you know, we'll see. So, uh, I would believe a little bit more in in Florida just right now. But if Burrow begins to get it to, together, and he'll have a huge test this weekend, which I'm sure we're about to talk about soon, um, mm-hmm. then then uh, then yeah, then I may flip. But for now, as I see it right now, Florida. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of trouble in Death Valley. I um, oh. I I didn't like what I saw toward the end of that game. Uh, I think Keith mentioned the pick six that Burrow threw, um, and that was his first pick of the year. Um, yeah, he had his first two uh, right, week. but um, while that that was a bad pick, I think it was a clean pocket, and you know he just maybe didn't see the DB and. Uh, and that's that's that, but there were some huge drops after that um, when LSU was attempting to come back. Uh, where and then the, the second interception, you know, the the receiver just got outfought for the ball, um, and that what what's the point? That indicates some like heart issues, you know, coll- collapsing pocket all game long against Florida, um, which you know we we've been talking about them being a solid squad. Malcolm, you predicted them preseason as somebody to watch out for. Um, but 
you know, that they were not the most formidable opponent that LSU was going to see. And uh, for you, I mean, you're not protecting your quarterback. Uh, Like you said, the secondary is not really stepping up. Uh, You got receivers kind of giving up on balls and things like that. I, I, I'm not, I don't see championship pedigree. So Mm. I don't, I don't know if moving forward, they'll have what it takes to really, you know, get over the hump. You know, guys are supposed to look hungrier now than at any part of the season because they want to hit that they want to hit that stride and not trip up um, before they get to you know these conference games and stuff like that. So I, I don't or the conference championship games and stuff like that. So I'm I'm not sure about LSU. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. LSU's got some um, some more tough games coming down the schedule. Florida obviously is, is going to be battling with, uh, Georgia and they already have that early conference loss, um, to Kentucky. Um, I want to see if they can continue to get better and, and put themselves in a position to win the division. And then once you win the division, um, then you just put all your chips on the table, get into the conference championship game. So, yeah. um, we'll see, we'll see how the rest of this shakes out. Uh, but there were a couple big upsets in the SEC this weekend. So I want to get you guys' opinion. Which upset was bigger? Mississippi State beating Auburn or Texas A&M beating Kentucky? I got Mississippi State over Auburn for sure. I think Auburn was still a team that believed that even with one loss, they could potentially sneak in mm-hmm. um, and you know uh, play in that SEC championship game and, and potentially even get to the playoff. Um and with them knowing that, you know, I think Mississippi State, you know, beating Auburn was definitely, you know, the bigger upset, just to me, uh, just because Auburn, um, I think that was, you know, that was it for them. They knew, like, they really needed to win out. Uh, so every game they had to bring in, they just did not. So bigger upset for me. Absolutely. Yeah, and I had the same. I had Auburn uh, challenging, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, Bama, in, in in a matter of sorts, and uh, they couldn't even muster up a touchdown. So yeah, that's 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 definitely the bigger upset to me. Yeah, I, I was completely surprised by that game, um, Mississippi State. After they played Florida, I thought their season would kind of go down the drain a little bit, but they came in and really competed. Um, honestly, I was I was very surprised that A and M beat Kentucky. Um, just the way that Kentucky had been playing. Yep. over the last um, several weeks. Uh, it seemed like they were kind of going to be that Cinderella story um, that we'd be talking about coming up into the playoff um, and possibly making some noise. Benny Snell had been amazing up to this point. Um, but A&M, Kellen Mond is just, I think we're watching um, a guy who's going to be a star. He's only yeah. a sophomore. Um, yeah. And I think he's he's going to be ascending to that top-level quarterback uh, level pretty soon uh Jimbo Fisher's done a great job at developing him and that Texas A&M team is a lot better than I thought they would be um but both games I mean for Auburn it really hurts because that's their second conference loss and they still have some very tough games left um they still have to play A&M and then they have to go to Georgia and to Alabama um I think that loss really all but takes them out of the race for the playoff because I just don't think they're going to be able to clean sweep um some of those games on their schedule. No way. Not a chance. It's unfortunate, but I got to agree. So, um, let's go ahead and start talking about games for next week. This is a huge, 
huge weekend for some conference games. It's going to be some great football. I hope you guys get a chance to watch. First game we're looking at, number two Georgia travels to Death Valley to take on LSU. Big matchup here. Georgia comes in undefeated in the SEC. LSU got their first loss last week. How do you guys feel about this game? What's the prediction? I'm sticking with the Bulldogs. Um, You know, everything that we've just said about LSU, or that I've just said, I don't believe in them (laughs) from here on. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, uh, Georgia had them uh, being a prominent uh, player coming down the stretch, and uh, I'm not changing that now. So I got them coming out on top here. Yeah, I'm also going Georgia. Uh, I'm going to say Georgia by 10. Um, Mm. LSU's defense is good, but I don't think they're going to be good enough um, to hold Georgia um, and also at the same time score points. Um, I mean, Georgia leads statistically in every single category, points per game, uh, points against them per game, yards per game, yards allowed per game. Uh, Jake Fromm is extremely efficient. Uh, where Joe Burrow is not. Both running games are very similar in, in terms of stats and all. Um, but in order for LSU to win, Joe Burrow would have to be absolutely remarkable. Um, and we just haven't seen that yet. And uh, with Georgia, you we've seen them be dominant mm-hmm. all year. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, but I can't wait to see how LSU tries to rebound. Um, you know, yeah. they're at home. You know, they're that's the one thing they're going to have going for them. They're at home and they they ought to be playing with a chip on their shoulder. So um, but that Georgia defense, they're the second best in the country. They're allowing 13 points a game. Like, (laughs) I just think it's too much. It's too much for LSU, Georgia by 10. So I I agree that Georgia is going to win this game. But I think the, the one thing we'll need to pay close attention to Georgia has not really played anyone up to this point. Absolutely. That's Um, true. It's been a very weak schedule, so they've been able to rack up some good numbers. So we honestly, we probably don't even really know how good this Georgia team is. Um, LXU is obviously going to be um, motivated um, and ready to prove that you know last week's loss was a fluke. Um, and Georgia, this is going to be a key game because this starts off a stretch for Georgia where they've got to play LSU, <laughs> then Florida, then Kentucky, yep. then, Kentucky yeah. yep. then Auburn. Um and then an explicable UMass game for some reason. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's, the, that's the big test, Michael. <laughs> Are you, will you be awake for the UMass game? <laughs> um, but, yeah, this is going to be a big test for them. The first real test of uh, about a run of about four or five games where they're really going to have to show up. Uh, but I think Georgia's going to win it. I think it's going to be a close one. I, I'll say Georgia by – I'll say by a weird number. Let's say Georgia by five. Hmm. I got 28-17, Georgia. I I Well, let's go to Pac-12 country. Um, number seven, Washington oh, travels gosh. to Eugene to take on the Oregon Ducks. What do you guys think about this one? Guys, I really want to pick Oregon. Like, I really do. They're at home. I think their offense is a little bit more explosive. Um, I just, like, them losing to Stanford the way they did just can't, Mm -hmm. I can't get that out of my mind. Um, So as much as I believe Herbert will have a good game, um, I I, I think, I think Browning, 
um, and Washington will will do enough and they will make less mistakes uh, to hold on. So I'm going to go Washington uh, by seven. Yikes. Uh, okay, I thought I was going to have a hot take here, but I got to go Washington too. Um, it's that defense, man, uh, particularly that secondary that, that, that really makes – the difference for me um so having a uh you know a potent enough offense as well as uh having the stud and my guy to watch ben burkirvin i want to see uh you know what he's gonna do he's having a breakout year um looking for him to do some great things but i think they're gonna slow down that ducks offense um and i actually got washington winning uh 31 to 24 which is not slow, slow, but I, I don't think you're gonna see the explosion <laughs> that we would, we would normally kind of expect. I mean, they got some movers on Oregon, but yeah, I think uh, I think Washington will get it done. Well, I guess I'll be the one. I think Oregon's gonna pull this one out. Mm, there um, it is. They've shown. I think they've shown <laughs> enough improvement on defense. Um, I think their offense um, obviously is gonna be able to put up points. I've been really impressed with Justin Herbert. Uh, but I think the key is going to be C.J. Riddell, the freshman running back who looks like a blur um, out there on the field, um, reminiscent of what they've had in the past with guys like the Anthony Thomas yep. um, and the Michael James. Um, I think he's going to have a big game, and they're going to put up some points. So I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say Oregon by ten. Woo! There it is. I like it. I like it, bro. And now we're going to go to our neck of the woods. It's Big Ten country. Um, Big game this weekend in Ann Arbor. Wisconsin, number 15, travels to Ann Arbor to take on the Michigan Wolverines, number 12. How do we feel about this one, fellas? Malcolm, who are you going with? Man, um, I'm going to go with the Wolverines. Um mm. I think their defense is maybe one of the top two or three in the country. Um, I have concerns about Wisconsin's um, passing game. Um, I think if they try to to uh, if they're going to try to beat this Michigan team by running the ball up the middle, they're going to lose. Yep. Um, and then I think um, their the the Michigan pass rush is really good. I mean, they go about uh, six or seven guys deep on the defensive line, all of which can get to the quarterback. Um, I think Michigan's going to be able to put up some points against this Wisconsin defense, and I think Wisconsin is going to have issues running their offense how they like to. Um, I'm going to say Michigan by two touchdowns. I think it'll be close early, but I think Michigan pulls away late. There's that, yeah. Um, I actually have, uh, as much as it hurts me to do, I got the Wolverines as well. Uh, coming out of this one, I just think um, Wisconsin's they're, they're they're pretty nicked up. Issues on uh, on defense, injuries in the secondary. Uh, Malcolm's mentioned you know some of the uh, the the running attack you know kind of being something that's that's not going to get it done. And uh, after seeing that that loss to BYU, I think they just uh, they got enough uh, that's exposed there that uh, that Michigan can kind of pick them apart. So I got Michigan winning this one, twenty one to seven. Mm. Um, I really don't want to pick Michigan. Um, <laughs> I don't. Uh, oh my goodness! But I, the only reason why I really am going to is because I agree with you all. Um, I think their defense is going to be a little too much for Wisconsin. 
um, even though these are both two offensives that put up like 30, over 30 points a game, um, I think it's going to come down to, you know, uh, Karen Higdon versus Jonathan Taylor. And Higdon has only not rushed for 100 yards in one game, and that was the one game that they lost against Notre Dame. Uh, other than that, he's been pretty special. Of course, Jonathan Taylor has done his thing, but Wisconsin hasn't played anyone, and mm-hmm. they they lost to BYU. So I don't think they're battle-tested. I think Michigan is more battle-tested. Um, so I'm going to go uh, Michigan by six. We still don't care about the whole state some- of Michigan. <laughs> no, we do care. not. You care a little bit. <laughs> not um, at all. <laughs> this, these will be some good games this weekend, so I hope you guys get to, to watch them. But we're going to switch gears to the NFL, and we're going to start with our weekly Browns report. What did the Browns do this weekend, Ian? Can you let the people know? Um, They gave half of Northeast Ohio a heart attack. As uh, <laughs> Man, these games, I tell you, uh, they've been – entertaining if nothing else um but browns went ahead and uh pulled out the w um in overtime again um and just by hair let me tell you exhausted the entire overtime period after a failed drive uh initially uh baker led the browns down the field again uh and actually got some help from a kicker thank you god (laughs) hallelujah um but a uh, field goal was made by Mr. Uh, I believe Greg Joseph and uh, went ahead and capped the game as we beat the Ravens. Uh, uh, good game. Joe Flacco is done. He's done. Um, stick a fork in him. He's done. I understand that he has some weeks where he looked like he you know, still had some of the magic. But, man, that guy I saw out there, he was very Brandon Whedon-esque. I mean, it just it just wasn't it wasn't good. Um, so twelve to nine. Yeah, but you guys' defense is very good too. We're very good, yeah. but what did we do the week before? Uh, we won. I mean, we lost forty five to forty two to the Raiders, who have their own set of struggles. That's true. Um, now, yeah, the, you know the cast of characters is definitely better. Spider um, two wide banana. <laughs> right, 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 right. Shouts out to John Gruden. Um, I mean, and so yeah, true enough. You know, you you're looking at Amari Cooper and Jordy Nelson um, instead of Michael Crabtree and others. So yeah, John Brown. John man, John, John Brown's John, re- he's ridiculous. He's a problem. He's a problem. But again, when you don't have Flacco having that, and again, he's been known for the long ball. But when he, you know, when he's having, he's not really having the ability to get uh, downfield and and get those big plays and those big chunks of yardage. Uh, you know, it kind of exposes them. So good win for the Browns, like you said. The defense is legit. Um, we should be five and zero, but. Here we are at 2-2-1, and and, uh, looking forward to seeing what's coming next. Got the Chargers. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm excited for Baker. You know, he's, like I said, uh, I've been calling for it since week one. However, again, um, he did just enough uh, to to get the job done, over 300 yards passing. You know, he did throw one interception, um, added some rushing yards, but – I like what I see from Cleveland. I, I think they need to, you know, I, they really need Hyde to be consistent. And I think they need to utilize Duke Johnson a little bit more than they do. Yeah. Um, because he can be a very vital part of their offense. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, good win for your Browns. You know, they, gosh, they should have beaten Pittsburgh too. And then you know, the only other you know AFC North rival you guys got coming up is uh, my Bengals. No, so um, yeah. yeah, boy. So <laughs> and, and our defense is no joke either. So uh, so yeah. Um, Good win for your boys, though, man. Good win for your boys, because anytime you beat Baltimore, it's it's still a good win, regardless. If you, whether it's by three, a, a Joseph field goal, doesn't matter. You beat Baltimore, they're still a good team. I know what you're talking about with Flacco, but that Baltimore defense is is still legit. Um, so yeah, good win. Yeah, the, uh, the things that I would be concerned about with the Browns: uh, five sacks taken by Baker Mayfield. Yep. Yep. Um, that's a problem. You don't want your quarterback taking that many hits. And I think they've, they've got to get him more support in the running game. Um, you know, if I was offensive coordinator, I wouldn't want Baker Mayfield throwing 43 times in a game. Yep. Um, um, unless that a lot of that is the short screens and things like that. Um, you've got a back in Duke Johnson who could do a lot of things out of the backfield. So I'd like to see them use him a little bit better there. Um, he only had one catch. It was only targeted once. Um, I'd like to see that come up to more of that five to eight range, um, trying to give Baker some easy throws. Um, and, you know, this was a good test for him because the the Ravens are known for their blitzing. So he's going to see a lot of uh, a lot of pressure. Um, so hopefully he can kind of learn from this game a lot um, and figure out how to get rid of the ball and avoid some of those sacks. Um, but, yeah, man, the, the Browns, you know. Two, two, and one. Even though that that record still looks weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully, uh, Hugh Jackson doesn't mess this up. Yeah, man. Even though, did you guys notice at the end of that game how no one knew what what had happened at the end of the game? Um, <laughs> that, that kick. The 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 kick that barely went oh, through, gosh. and then Hugh Jackson's like, "Oh, there's still two seconds left." And it's like, yeah, but it's overtime, and Baker was hugging people and not really knowing what yeah. happened. Which is yeah, a it was, it was, it was strange. It was very strange. Um, they were talking on ESPN. They're like, is he saying he wants to go for two? <laughs> Why is he putting the two? <laughs> Yo, he was so lost, man. And I uh, definitely not a good look for he's the just, for the Hugh Jackson machine. But um, he's just not used to winning, you know, with the Browns yet. You know, <laughs> oh. it, it, when he wins, it's just like, man, wait, what? Jesus, is that you? What is going yeah, on? <laughs> probably not used to made field goals this year either. <laughs> but man, no. Uh, also, special teams. You you were pointing out things to look out for. I mean, I know I'm a homer, yeah. but man, our special teams play has been a uh, it's been atrocious. Not just missed yeah. field goals, but a um, lot of lot of penalties. Um, you know, yeah, and penalties has been a killer too. So it's it's a young team. It's not perfect, but. Um, you know, as long as it's us or the Bengals winning, I'm good. Yeah, I saw some uh, super cuts of some Jabril Peppers uh, kick returns. Where, he called for uh, a catch. Well, the, there was they showed about. I think it was from not this last week, but the week before that, where he just got blocked into three times, and then on a fourth punt, n- no one got blocked. It was just six seven uh <laughs> defenders surrounding him and all of his guys were were nowhere to be found it's it's looking bad man it's looking real bad on special teams i mean we've given up block field goals block punts 
Jabril Preppers. Then he's calling fair catch, and there's like 20 <laughs> yards of green in between him and, and I'm just like, yo. <laughs> but, man, they, they got to iron it out. Yeah. I, I want to say, I want to say it again. HBO, Hard Knocks needs to be for the whole year. Could you imagine how good Hard Knocks would be right now? They'd have a Tyrod Taylor uh, section just to. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Court Coleman sitting outside the practice facility. <laughs> Who the shoes? <laughs> we'll play. Ready to play. We'll play for right. shoes. <laughs> um, the other big news this weekend, Drew Brees yeah. becoming the all-time leading passer in NFL history. Um, yeah, I... It's one of the, this is one of those things that I don't I didn't realize was about to happen until um, they start talking about it over the last two mm-hmm. weeks. But it made me go back to think about Drew Brees at Purdue, where he was just a monster um, and basically put Purdue on the map um, and co- for college football while he was there. Um, and he was just such a dominant quarterback. And then he came to the NFL, obviously had the shoulder issues. Um but overcame that, was able to bring a Super Bowl to New Orleans, and is now going into the record b- books. Um, I mean, you just got a hats off to the guy for what he's able to do, especially a guy of his size with some of the adversity that he's faced in his career. Um, just wanted to hear you guys' thoughts on Drew Brees breaking this record um, and what that means. First of all, the Washington Redskins ought to be ashamed of themselves uh, for that pitiful defensive display yesterday. Oh, man. Let me just get that out of there. It was atrocious. And part of me was mad because I needed Will Lutz to kick field goals more than, you know, extra points from a fantasy team yesterday. <laughs> I lost by two. I'm just going to be honest. It was pretty selfish. However, I was just like, gosh, these guys are wide open. Like, goodness. Um, no, but um, I was talking about, to a coworker. Um, about, you know, just the whole piece of, like, what could have been if Drew Brees was still oh, with man. San Diego, you know, uh, well, well, L.A. now. But, um, you know, like, they, they give up Drew Brees for this Phillip Rivers who is never going to get the job done. I'm just throwing mm-hmm. that out there. Um, he's just a average – well, okay, he's a little bit better than average. But he will still stay a mid-tier quarterback for the rest of his career. Um you know, maybe maybe they win a Super Bowl. Who knows? But um, New Orleans, like what Drew Brees has done for that whole city, like I didn't realize it until people were just talking about how, you know, you know, with Katrina and all like them winning that Super Bowl and, you know, him giving that city hope again and a yeah. whole lot like Drew Brees has been an icon for New Orleans since he's been there. And it's and I am like extremely um, glad to, you know, see this guy do everything that he's doing with his height disadvantage and all you know and like what he told his sons yesterday you know that they can do anything they work hard enough for um and he's the epitome of that so shout out to him man that's a huge accomplishment and well deserved for a great person who is honorable on and off the field you don't hear any issues with drew Brees. uh he is he is a a leader and honestly malcolm you could probably just skip me for my my closing words because that i was going to shout out drew Brees anyways so uh, <laughs> now i gotta figure someone else out but no uh, that's that's uh he he's well deserving yo um i remember after the saints well no before the saints won the super bowl uh, in 2010 
I would still play with them. Um, I only had Madden like 07. And so I didn't have like all of the players that necessarily were on the team current day. So, you know, I'm rigging Madden, just making sure that I got all the guys that are, you know, that are on the team and everything. <laughs> um, just because I, I could not stop playing with Drew Brees. It, it was not a thought. I didn't care about the other quarterbacks on the game. I wanted to play with Drew, um, not just because the Saints were trending, but it just felt special. You know, it felt special. And then all everything that happens with Katrina and um, like like Keith mentioned, man, just just seeing that guy, a man of God, man of faith, um, you know, just just stepping in um, and really just galvanizing that city uh, uh, through that team's efforts was so special. Um, and just watching Drew, you know, ever since, uh, like, like you know, his under his underdog story has been very well covered. Um, but just over time, seeing how he's done it, and with the different uh, different iterations of receivers that he's done it with, uh, different guys in the back backfield. I mean, we're talking about Deuce McAllisters and and uh, Pierre Pierre Thomases and Reggie Bushes, and you know, you just think about the different uh, different guys that he's kind of gone through. Um, um, but he's still always added to them. Um, and then there's the pregame hype sessions. Man, listen, I just used to YouTube those and listen to Drew Brees just go in in the huddle before games. Um, and uh, at one point, you know, I just used to listen to that before I would go <laughs> before I go to church. Man, I'd be ready to go into worship. But <laughs> I'd be ready to go to worship, but I'm just listening. Oh, I'm listening boy. to Drew Brees hype up his fellas, man, because it it, it just resonated and so um, well deserved. You know, he he's been carving up defenses year after year, but man, you, you can't really say enough about a guy. I, I love seeing him break this record. More than I love seeing other guys, the Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, you know, kind of usurp some of the records that they've been breaking and doing some of the things they've been doing. Uh, just because, man, Drew just goes about it with such a purity um, um, that, you know, you can't help but love. So big shouts out to Drew Brees. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And you want to talk about another team whose fortunes changed uh, because of Drew Brees. The Miami Dolphins had an opportunity to sign him and basically told him that he's his. Uh, Shoulder would never be well enough for him to be an elite quarterback. Uh, yeah. and Miami has hasn't had a good quarterback since Dan Marino. So, nope. so you don't so trust you Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill okay. instead. Right. <laughs> so, so shout out to Drew Brees. Yeah, um, record breaker. He's joining the Mount Rushmore of quarterbacks. Yep. Um, and hopefully they can finish strong this year. So we're running a little short on time, so we're going to start getting to next week's games. Um, let's start with, Keith, we're coming to your neck of the woods. The Pittsburgh Steelers travel to the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend. Yep. Keith, how are we feeling about this game? You know, guys, um, normally I'm nervous for Pittsburgh week because Pittsburgh just always has our number. Um, but this year with this Pittsburgh team, um, I've got a little a, – a, a glimpse of hope. Um, I, I think that um, the Bengals, like, normally have been a very good first-half team and a very bad second-half team. And this year we've been able to, you know, complete some games in the second half. We have a healthy Joe Mixon back. Uh, and can I say I'm just grateful we don't get to see Le'Veon Bell. Um, <laughs> so if we can shut down James Conner and force Ben Roethlisberger to, um, you know, 
be in the pocket, having to find guys. Of course, he's got Antonio Brown. Of course, he's got Juju Smith-Schuster and all. But our defense can get pressure in there. And we've seen Ben Roethlisberger make a lot of um, bad throws this season. Uh, Cleveland picked him off, I think, what, Ian, maybe two or three times week one. Um, and it just seems like he doesn't have that that zinc, that 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 zip, you know, on the ball anymore. Uh, well, I mean, he does, but it's definitely lacking. Um, so I like my Bengals in this game. Uh, I think we win 28-20 um, because of a solid effort from Joe Mixon um, and Andy Dalton being able to find guys like Tyler Boyd, uh, CJ Uzama, and Joe Mixon out of the backfield versus just throwing the ball directly to AJ Green. So I'm excited about what my Bengals can do this Sunday. Uh, yeah. So shout out to, uh, I mean, yeah, definitely Tyler Boyd, little fantasy watch, but I, um, I would love to agree with you, Keith. I really would. Oh, there's a button. I really would, there's a button. But, um, I, I think there after, after that whooping that they put on the Falcons last week, I think this team is taking that turn. And starting to see themselves for what they really are, which I mean, they are Super Bowl contenders. And uh, um, you know, while y'all don't have to, con- y'all don't have to worry about Le'Veon Bell. Um, I do think you know Ben is getting settled in, and uh, after seeing him, you know, get the ball to Antonio Brown, and if they're figuring out that connection, like it kind of looks like they are, then that's just trouble for everybody. Oh, yeah, with that sure. said, I'm going with the Bengals. Um, I I do think oh. you guys are. No, no, I think it's I wow. think it's just more, <laughs> I think it's just more of a solid, a solid all around team. Unless Le'Veon Bell comes back and gets integrated and comes back with chocolates for the offensive linemen, so they actually block for him and everything like that. Uh, but there's still too many question marks, too much dis- discord going on. One week they beat the Falcons. The week before they got trounced by the Ravens. So. Um, yeah, I'm I'm going with the Bengals. I think they I think you guys have a really solid squad and a great chance this year. Um even though Marvin Lewis is still your coach. Okay. Classic uh, Ian, Ian all of that all of that to go with my Bengals. Okay. I'll, I'll still take it, but man. The classic Ian misdirection. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, never fails. Um, well, I'm going to do what Ian should have done, and that's pick the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the Bengals have been playing well, and Pittsburgh, up until this last game, had really been struggling. But I think Ben, Big Ben, and Antonio Brown have gotten their connection together. Um, I think this is going to be a shootout next week. Um, I think the Steelers are going to pull out the win by a touchdown. Mm. All right. Uh, next, I, f- I feel like this team is al- always in our uh, games to watch, but they are the S- Kansas City Chiefs travel to Foxborough to take on the new look New England Patriots. Um, I'll start off with this one. Um, man, I keep wanting to pick against the Chiefs and it's not working, so I'm gonna stop doing that. The Chiefs are gonna win. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, I think this is going to be a game where they get a special teams touchdown. Um, and Patrick Mahomes, I don't think he's going to have quite as a big a game as we're accustomed to seeing him have against this team. I think Bill Belichick will have a good um, game plan to kind of keep him contained. But I think um, they'll pull pull out some tough, um, some tough scoring drives late. 
and win. I'm going to say Chiefs by 10. Wow. Um, I can't. I, look, I'm they not, burned me, I think, the last two weeks, so I'm just not going to pick against them again. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe it. I do believe in Mahomes. Um, but for me to pick him in Foxborough, uh, nah, I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going with New England because – now, if this was in Kansas City, it may be it may be a different pick, but uh, I'm going Patriots defend their new home. Uh, I mean, to defend their home territory, uh, they they do have Julian Edelman back. Um, you know, they've already got him well acquainted. Um, Tom Brady looked very good against the Colts uh, Thursday night, um, and and when he starts looking like that, look out. You know, he's got a Josh Gordon to play around with a little bit. You know, uh, James White coming out of the backfield. Sony Michelle is looking good. Uh, the Patriots are going to start getting together. I've got them winning thirty to twenty-one. Interesting. Uh, I, I think the same about the Pats. Um, you saw, you know, like you said, the running game get going. Josh Gordon getting implemented. Um, Gronk had a better game than he's been having, um, and I think you know he'll have some time to heal up as well. Um, Holmes and, and, and the Chiefs, I mean, they put up 30 and he didn't have a passing touchdown last week. Like, that's, it's a, yep. I mean, it's impressive stuff. Um, but also, they didn't have a passing touchdown. I think teams are starting to figure them out. Um, sure, they have enough weapons to still put points on the board. But if anybody's good enough to take what the Jags defense could expose and take it to the next level, it's it's the mad scientist. It's Belichick. He's he's in the lab right now working it out. I'm going with the Pats um, to give Kansas City their first loss of the year. So I will take Malcolm's place on this one. Um, I think it's 27, 27 to 24 Patriots. All right. All right. Well, last game we're looking at. The Los Angeles Rams travel to Mile High to take on the Denver Broncos. Um, Rams obviously coming in undefeated, but this is going to be a tough Broncos defense that they're facing this week. Do you guys think the Broncos have enough to pull the upset this weekend? Nope. Wow. Absolutely not. They just they just let Isaiah Crowell rush for over two hundred yards. Um, the and and Robbie Anderson had a field day on him. Um, and so if you're allowing Robbie Anderson, uh, go off on you with Sam Darnold, just think about what Jared Goff. Now, this is contingent upon if Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup are both, you know, uh, healthy and in the game, he will have too many weapons for that defense. Um, I think they will be able to slow him up a little bit, but at the end of the day, I've got them putting up about 27 on him, uh, especially with Ty Gurley. That dude is ridiculous i'm so glad i drafted him number one uh in my fantasy draft um and i don't think keenum's consistent enough to put up points like the rams could so i'm gonna go rams 27 14 uh i'd like to pick the rams i really would but uh i think you said it keith um brandon cooks cooper cup uh they're, they're both in concussion protocol right um, yeah, yes. Yeah, I think I don't think they'll be available for Sunday. I don't have any insiders. This is just me. Believe in what I believe, people. Um <laughs> but I think that that being the case, 
Um, you will see Jerry Goff running for his life, <laughs> running for his natural life. But um, you know, I mean, they're 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 optimistic that those those guys will be back. But uh, just saying, if they're not, um, you know, they're gonna load up that box. They're gonna stop Gurley as much as they can. They're gonna put Jared Goff, you know, in in the in the washing machine. And so uh, I, I don't know. I, I personally think that the Broncos will pull out the win. Could be wrong, but I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna go eighteen fourteen. Well, Ian, thank you for giving me that injury report because I honestly did not know that, and now this solidifies the pick that I'm about to make. The Denver Broncos are gonna pull out the upset. Von Miller, I think, is going to have at least two sacks in this game, mm. um, and I think the Broncos are gonna force a couple turnovers. Uh, both of these quarterbacks um, have have been known to to give up the ball a little bit over the last few years. Um, but I think Denver's defense is going to be able to do just enough to keep them in the game, um, and possibly a late defensive touchdown may be the may be the capper. So I'm going to go with Broncos by six. I love it. So that's our NFL action. Not not super exciting games, but some interesting matchups to watch. Um, Everyone's oh, excited in Cincinnati. That's all that matters. Oh, uh, that's true. It's. I hope you guys get the win. Let's we'll see what uh what Keith's intro is next weekend. Uh, oh, oh. <laughs> we'll, we'll know early if the, if the Bengals won. <laughs> so that we're nearing the end of our show, and you guys know how we like to end it with our closing words. International Ian, will you give us your parting words tonight? Most definitely. I just want to give a uh, big shout out to um. The Cleveland Cavaliers. It looks like they're uh, they're they're really going for a system, trying to uh, get multiple guys in double digits each night. Um, you know they've been looking pretty good in the preseason. They haven't won all their games, but I'm encouraged for the future. I just want to say to the guys, hang in there. Don't give up the fight. Um, as you go through this season, where you'll be a seven seed, just remember that it's not it's not a sprint. It's the marathon that counts. Um, and so, yeah, just encouraged to see uh, the young guys in Cleveland hopefully developing into something more promising and can go further than uh, than the young guys on the Indians. I heard. You just had to give us a little, a little baseball. Had shout. to. <laughs> Keith, give us your parting words. Um. You know what? Shout out to Notre Dame. Um, I did not believe in you. Mm. Uh, not a single one of the past few weeks because I just felt like you guys were, you know, the Dallas Cowboys with Tony Romo. Just an Oof. accident waiting to happen in Stephen A's terms. So um, you guys proved me wrong. Uh, went to Virginia Tech, uh, lit them up in the second half, um, 28 to 7, I believe. Um, and you guys have earned my belief. Um, I mean, I'm circling your, I think you don't have another tough matchup until maybe USC at the end. Uh, so as long as you guys don't overlook anyone, uh, you guys should be sitting at undefeated going into your last game with, against USC. So, uh, shout outs to you guys. And, um, a negative shout out is to, uh, Khabib in the UFC, man, for jumping over the octagon <laughs> and going to attack Conor McGregor's team after you won the fight. 
uh, you ought to just win with grace. What if he had um, lost? What would have happened? Like, seriously, right. Like, would, would he have pulled a gun or something? Like, goodness. Like, uh, like, look, I know Conor McGregor talks a lot of smack, and he talks about, you know, parents, religion, whatever. But win with some class. You already made the dude wow. tap out. That should have been enough. Um, but uh, the fact that you did it, I hope you get stripped. Jeez. That's all, all I got. This, and no smoke for Conor, huh? No, listen, listen, listen. I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, there should be no smoke for Conor. I mean, there definitely should be. But I'm just saying, like, you should finish it and end it in the ring, you know. Um, and he didn't. He went, choked him out, and then went to attack. And then his teammates went into the ring to attack Conor. Um, so it's just it just was a bad night for UFC Saturday night. And what was, you know, a historic night for them, it was bad. Malice so, at the palace, that's all I got. My big thing was I was just like, dude, one, and this is how he acted. Man, that place would have right. been on fire Seriously. if he lost. <laughs> <laughs> that was crazy. Um, my parting words go out to Eric Reed. Um, recently, hey. recently signed by the Carolina Panthers. Glad that he's on the field. Uh, but he still continued to take his stance of kneeling during the national anthem. And with all of the scrutiny um, going around players right now, um, even with him finally getting back on a team, he stood by his principles. Shout out to him. Um, and Colin Kaepernick also shouted him out. Um, I just love that he's still t- sticking to his conviction, still pursuing the collusion case um, against the NFL, which I believe he has a really good chance of winning, especially with uh, how the Bengals treated him um, during the offseason. Um, so wishing much much success to him and the Carolina Panthers this year. Keep doing your thing, Eric. And Malcolm, are you closer to watching now? Nope. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Just want to ask. No closer. Um, And that, those are my parting words. And that is another episode of the three in one podcast from Cleveland, Ohio. It's international Ian. Thank you. And from Cincinnati, Ohio, Keith Turner Jr. You you said International Ian, and then you said my full name. It was interesting, Malcolm. I was like, I was waiting to hear Ian Lamont Morgan. Well, he clearly didn't deserve the full name because he gave me that whack outro, <laughs> but it's cool. Uh, and here in the capital city, it's your boy, Malcolm Morgan. Thank you for listening to the 3 in 1 podcast. We'll see you all next time. <laughs>